Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of the EMJ podcast. My name is George Cooper. I'm a medical writer, podcast host and producer, and I'm very pleased to be bringing you a discussion around chronic obstructive pulmonary disease or COPD and women's respiratory health. Before we get started, a few housekeeping notes. This medical education activity is supported by Philips. Providing us with his insights and expertise today, I am delighted to introduce Dr. Nicholas Roche. Dr. Roche is a professor of respiratory medicine at Paris City University and the Department of Respiratory Medicine, Cochin Hospital. His major areas of interest are COPD, asthma and inhaled therapy. Dr. Roche, how are you today? I'm fine. Thank you very much. And thank you for inviting me uh, to this podcast uh, topic I like. Uh, so uh, we, we are going to have fun, I think. Yeah, the pleasure is all ours. Throughout today's podcast, we'll be aiming to understand gender differences within respiratory care and discussing tips to ensure physicians are delivering best practice with reference to mechanistic, behavioural and clinical differences and how these differences present opportunities for greater education and understanding at multiple levels. Chronic lung diseases account for 6.2% of deaths in females and 5.2% in males, of which COPD and asthma are primary contributors. Throughout this podcast, we're hoping to challenge the stereotype of the classic pink puffer, blue bloater, elderly gentleman, COPD patient. So I always like to start these podcasts with a little bit of an overview. So um, in your own words, Dr. Roche, what is COPD? Um, COPD, uh, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, um, is now defined, uh, first of all, as a heterogeneous condition, uh, which is important to consider uh, because uh, it's partly uh, because of gender or sex-related uh, differences that it's heterogeneous. But of course, there are many other factors that intervene and that we are going to discuss. So a heterogeneous disease, uh, which is defined by the uh, existence of chronic respiratory symptoms uh, and chronic or persistent airflow limitation or airways obstruction, which is the same, which means that the, there is some narrowing of the airways, which leads to uh, difficulties breathing, uh, if you put it in the simplest possible words. Uh, and these um, abnormalities, these symptoms and airflow limitation are related to two types of structural damage. One is the airways uh, abnormalities, the airway wall thickening, uh, the presence of uh, mucus in the airways. Uh, the other are linked to uh, the parenchymal disease, uh, which is emphysema, so the destruction of the alveoli. And both of these features, the airways damage, the airways disease, and the emphysematous lung, are linked to uh, some pathophysiological mechanisms involving inflammation and oxidative stress, which are due to uh, abnormal or exaggerated responses to uh, exposures with, of course, some kind of genetic uh, background. So it's really uh, and the interaction, as for many other chronic diseases, the interaction between the uh, exposome and the genome, the exposures and the genes uh, that will link to uh, these pathways being activated and uh, uh, the end product uh, in a way be, being COPD. That's not an uncommon condition. What is the current burden of COPD worldwide? 
Yeah, it's it's highly variable. There have been several uh, systematic reviews on the global prevalence uh, of the disease, uh, depending on the country, depending on the population studied, on how it is measured. Uh, the range is from let's say two percent to fifteen twenty percent, with uh, some kind of mean uh, around seven seven to ten percent worldwide. Uh, as I said, there are huge variations with many uh, factors that. Uh, intervene. So, uh, I mean, the global message is that it's very frequent. Uh, I mean, almost 10% of the population is really huge. Yeah, what one in 10 is staggering, quite frankly. So there's obviously a huge, huge burden worldwide. And linking back to the theme of this podcast, what's the difference in COPD prevalence between genders, generally, because it's got a stereotype at the moment as being a predominantly male condition. Yeah, uh, which is, uh, again, it's highly variable between countries uh, for for many reasons, mostly linked to the exposure pattern. Uh, But uh, if the exposures are the same, uh, I mean, if you you have some kind of uh, common profile of exposure, uh, the prevalence is going to be at least the same in female uh, patients and, and probably even a bit more, uh, which uh, which leads us to discuss that, that there is a higher susceptibility, but it's highly likely, let's say, given the evidence that we now have, uh, that there is a, a higher susceptibility in women uh, as compared to men. So the, the differences, the classical, uh, you know, uh, man aged more than 50 to 60, uh, uh, this was the old view of COPD. Uh, of course, it was linked to uh, tobacco smoking habits and other exposures, especially occupational expo- exposures in mines, etc. Uh, but this has, uh, in, in a way, almost disappeared uh, in, in most areas. And now we see more and more women uh, with COPD, with different risk factors in part, uh, and a high proportion of women non-smokers, lifelong non-smokers, uh, who have COPD, which is, of course, completely different from the old image uh, that we have. And actually, this image, again, we, we need to forget about it uh, in, in a way. It talks about the prevalence a little bit there. Thank you. Is there any difference in terms of outcomes between the genders? Yeah, uh, that that's uh, differences in outcomes uh, is a very important point uh, because there there are actually several. Uh, one is uh, if you begin with symptoms, uh, there is a higher symptomatic expression of COPD um, in terms of dyspnea, uh, in terms of psychological consequences or concomitant disorders, uh, anxiety, depression. Uh, So that's uh, all things being equal. Uh, I mean, in terms of exposure to smoking, in terms of lung function, uh, at for the same level of risk factors and the same level of lung function, the, uh, as I said, the symptomatic expression uh, is greater in women. Um, in terms of acute events, which are the exacerbations, which is the other big target of COPD management, uh, it appears from several data that women are more prone uh, to acute uh, exacerbations uh, than men. 
uh, in terms of lung function decline, which is the, the main feature of the natural history of the disease, um, there are several cohort studies on the long term showing that the rate of decline in women, especially if they continue smoking, uh, is greater, uh, the decline faster uh, than men, again, for the same level of, of smoking. So uh, this also goes with this increased uh, susceptibility in women that is observed uh, for several uh, outcomes. It's fascinating that there seems to be an in- increased susceptibility, a similar prevalence, and generally kind of worse outcomes in women compared to men. What, what do you think has led to this perception that COPD is, is a male predominant disease? Yeah, uh, I think um, the the... the... Yeah, the picture, uh, the the old classical picture is really linked to smoking. I mean, when yeah. when COPD was discovered or identified, uh, named, defined for the first time, this was at the end of the 50s, uh, so quite a while uh, ago now. At that time, probably 80-90% of COPD cases uh, were uh, men smoking because men were the biggest smoking population when compared to female at that time. And of course, this has dramatically changed. Uh, Women have uh, started smoking more and more, and the level of smoking in women has uh, finally get to the the one in men. Mm. And and we see with uh, some kind of, let's say, 20 years uh, difference, we we see the epidemiology of uh, of COPD following the epidemiology of smoking. so smoking is, is a big component of this old view uh, and of this changing view. But something that which has changed also is that we are now much more conscious of all the other risk factors other than smoking, uh, occupational or domestic exposures at home, um, we, which were not known and, and which we are now discovering. Um, there is also uh, a question of early life, early life uh, risk factors, uh, which were again 20 or 30 years ago completely unknown, uh, and, and which we are conscious of uh, right now, and account probably for a great proportion of COPD cases. And this is something new, which concerns probably uh, at least uh, women, at least as men, but maybe more. Uh, for example, it may be that women have more susceptibility to maternal smoking uh, than uh, when when they are in their mother um, than than men. So uh, so th- there has been really a big big change uh, in the knowledge of the risk factors of the natural history uh, going back to the old uh, COPD picture to what we know now. Great. I mean, it seems as behaviors change, our perception changes and the perception of the classic COPD patient is changing with time. And part of the reason we're doing these, this podcast to sort of raise awareness of the things that you've highlighted. Do, do you think that the, all the factors that you mentioned, um, the historical biases, the smoking patterns, so have contributed to an underdiagnosis of COPD in, in females and therefore a slight underestimation of the burden of disease? Yeah, yeah, that that has been actually demonstrated by several studies. Uh, one that I have in mind, which is 
quite illustrative uh, is um, a study that was performed, I think, 20 years ago, uh, maybe a little more, and in which cases were presented to doctors, uh, general practitioners mostly, um, and these cases were uh, standardized in terms of age, gender, and risk factors. And basically, if you presented uh, somebody age 50 with uh, breathing difficulties, chronic respiratory symptoms, and some airflow obstruction, and this was a man, the diagnosis that uh, the, the doctors uh, proposed was COPD. If the same, exactly the same picture uh, was a woman, the diagnosis was asthma. Uh, and so there was really this conception that COPD was not a disease of women. This was a, a, a while ago, as I said, probably something like more than 20 years. Uh, but there, there have been more recent studies which show that it's still the case, less, but it's still the case in part. So this misdiagnosis has not uh, disappeared and women are still less likely to be uh, considered as potentially having COPD than men, unfortunately, uh, because it's, uh, it leads to a misdiagnosis, which leads to a mismanagement in a way. You mentioned the, the, the social differences between genders, you know, the smoking patterns um, and the, you know, the occupation. Are there, are there any others um, that can have an effect on prevalence and outcomes of COPD that you've not mentioned yeah. yet? Yeah. Uh, again, this has really uh, to be considered globally because it's very different in, in, in well, highly developed countries uh, and, and countries which are low income. Uh, for example, the, the domestic, what I call the domestic or the home uh, risk factors, the home exposures uh, to biomass fuel, for example, uh, and for cooking or heating uh, in poorly ventilated uh, houses, uh, this is something that we see in low-income countries, and of course, since in these countries women women uh, spend much more time at home, children too, uh, with their children, uh, this leads to a huge uh, increase in their exposure, uh, and so this is something that we have been conscious of for now at least uh, I would say ten years probably, which is not that old. Um, so. This is very different uh, from country to country. Uh, something else is the that needs to be considered is the lower uh, socioeconomic status in women with COPD compared to men. Uh, so there, there seems to be a bigger gap uh, in socioeconomic status between women with versus without uh, COPD than between men versus, uh, with, with versus without uh, COPD, if, if you see what I mean. Mm. Uh, we, we, we don't really know all the explanations because it's probably linked to a high number of things like behavior, uh, exposures, uh, access to care, uh, probably also, uh, with, which are different. And it, well, it's a bit like the, the egg and the chicken, but uh, mm. because access, access to care is also linked to socioeconomic status. Um, but but it's, it's something important to consider. We've talked about the the, the social differences. Uh, let's talk a little bit now about the, the physical differences between the genders. How do these impact the prevalence and outcomes of COPD? So lung size, etc. Yeah. Well, if you try uh, to 
explain why there would be this greater susceptibility to COPD in women, and not only greater susceptibility to the disease, but also greater susceptibility to a more severe disease, and more severe also earlier in the course of life, which means that we, we find more women among uh, people with early severe disease, which is uh, some kind of specific category. Uh, th there are many factors that can be uh, that can contribute to explain this. The first is, as you say, the physical differences because women are smaller uh, and they have smaller lung size and smaller airways, uh, and this can lead to two types of consequences. Uh, the first one is that it may increase the exposure of the airway wall and of the alveoli to the cigarette smoke that has entered uh, the airways, just because the, 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 the contact, the surface of contact uh, is, is different. So it might uh, increase, multiply um, uh, a given exposure. Uh, the second aspect is that the metabolism of the toxic products that are in cigarette smoke might be um, impaired, well, it's not an impairment because it, it's how it is, but uh, might be less, lower. Uh, the, the women might have a lower capacity to metabolize uh, the toxic products of cigarette smoke, and this might relate to hormonal influences uh, of estrogens, uh, probably. Uh, a third point is that the uh, women might, have, might be more prone to develop inflammation or more inflammation in response to cigarette smoke than men. Uh, and we don't really know uh, why, uh, wh what are the pathways uh, that are involved, but it has been observed that for a given level of exposure, there is more inflammation in, in women. So several factors, uh, some are physical, structural, some are more biological, uh, which can explain this greater susceptibility to uh, more, more disease and more severe and earlier disease. Let's move on now to a few clinical considerations. And I just want to ask your opinion, Dr. Roche. Do you think that current medical practice guidelines sufficiently take sex and gender into account in the diagnosis, in the treatment and general disease management of COPD in its current state? Well, uh, uh, whether guidelines are adequate regarding gender uh, differences in COPD, I would say yes and no. Uh, yes, because the topic is more and more present. It's mentioned, uh, which is rather new. Um, and, and no, because it's still not enough. Um, one one issue that we have is that there is there are very few... Uh, studies specifically dedicated at uh, studying women, uh, women and their response to treatment, for, for example. Uh, in all the randomized controlled trials, uh, we, we see that there are no big differences in terms of treatment response overall uh, between men and women, but these trials have not been dedicated at this specific, uh, studying this specific aspect. And randomized controlled trials uh, are not representative of what happens in the real life because these are very selected uh, patients. So we probably need more 
I would advocate because it's a topic that's of interest to me. Uh, we we need more real world evidence, real life research, whatever you call that, uh, regarding the specificities uh, specifics of women uh, in terms of treatment response, um, and that's true for bronchodilators for for treatment with some anti-inflammatory uh, targeting. Uh, it's also true, and that we have more data uh, regarding uh, smoking cessation, um, because uh, again it goes back to behaviors, but we, we know that uh, women probably smoke for different reasons than men. Men are more addict uh, to nicotine. Uh, women, mo many of them smoke more for the taste, uh, the social representation. Uh, so this means that the AIDS that we want to provide people with smoking, for smoking cessation, uh, all the programs uh, which are kind of uniformly designed uh, should probably uh, there should be some specifically designed uh, uh, programs for women so just beginning with the most important thing at the beginning which is smoking cessation we need to consider uh, gender uh, and regarding treatments again i we don't really know if there are big differences in response but we have not all the data that are required to to study this it's true not only for pharmacological treatments, these different potential differences in, treat, in treatment response. It's also true for non-pharmacological treatments, for example, rehabilitation. And again, it goes both uh, with the physical differences, but also the behavioral, uh, the, uh, the, 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 occupation, the occupation of women are different sometimes than, than men. Their availability to go in a program uh, when they have to care for people in their family or, or etc. might not be the same. So uh, again, social, cultural, uh, economic, there, there are some, uh, there are many types of differences uh, between men and women in terms of access to rehabilitation, uh, given their daily occupation, which are not the same. And this also has to be considered uh, when, when dealing, uh, when managing COPD uh, in women. Yeah, I mean, there's loads of points that you mentioned there. More studies, more real-world evidence, um, you know, special specific programs for smoking cessation tailored towards women. Um, do you have any um, clinical tips um, that physicians listening can take into their practice on how we combat the underdiagnosis of COPD in women? Uh, you, you, we've mentioned a few already in this podcast, but um, I guess it's just about awareness and um, challenging that perception mm. of COPD being a male-dominated um, condition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if we, if we want to summarize the, 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 the key points, uh, I would say that uh, if you see somebody who has chronic respiratory symptoms, airflow limitation, uh, age uh, more than uh, 40, uh, the risk of having uh, COPD is exactly the same, if not even more, in women compared to men. So don't consider that because it's a woman, it's not COPD. This is absolutely uh, wrong. That's the first point. Uh, if you have uh, a woman uh, with a diagnosis of COPD, uh, consider specifics, specificities in terms of smoking cessation. Uh, and we need to develop uh, specifically designed smoking cessation approaches. Consider also the differences in symptoms, but that's general. And my message would be measure symptoms. I mean, assess symptoms in a formal way. The, the question is not 
uh, how do you do? I mean, the question is, do you have uh, Disney on exertion, which is not as uh, other people, which is worth, uh, worse, and for and measure it for for what level of uh, exertion exercise uh, do you experience dyspnea? What are the daily activities uh, during which you experience dyspnea? So assess symptoms uh, thoroughly. Assess not only the respiratory symptoms. Uh, I, I, I didn't mention cough and sputum production, but this can be also problematic. Um, assess also the uh, extra respiratory uh, manifestations of COPD, especially psychological features uh, such as uh, traits of anxiety and depression, because they are more frequent in women, and they can really have a, a, a huge burden uh, for, for the patient. Um, so these are... Uh, all, a kind of a few tips clinically uh, also uh, treatment related uh, tips uh, would be that uh, women needs to be uh, proposed the same treatment as men uh, and you, they shouldn't be under treated it's obvious but uh, it may be worth uh, mentioning it uh, and they there there are several studies showing that for many reasons the access to care uh, is lower, is less uh, in women than in men. So as a clinician, you have to try to do your best to favor, uh, incentivize uh, access to care uh, in, in women so so that they don't, they are not, uh, you know, they, they, they don't get what they should. Uh, they, you, you may need to make more efforts uh, to, to provide uh, the, the right management. Thank you, Dr. Rush. I guess we've covered so much uh, in this in this podcast and thank you so much for your involvement. It's been incredibly enlightening. What are the next steps um, that we can take in order to address the disparity levels in RC, uh, depending on sex and gender? For example, obviously you, the things that you highlighted there, but are there healthcare training programs that could be brought in, allied healthcare supports, um, any, anything else to add? Yeah, I think first globally we need to increase the awareness of the population uh, because uh, what, what I uh, told you is uh, more directed at healthcare professionals, but probably in the population it's even worse. Uh, so we need to raise the awareness in the population. Um, we uh, also need to address, um, but that's more global, uh, the social uh, disparities between men and women and uh, access uh, and possibilities of access to care. Um, we we need to educate the healthcare professional, that's for sure. Um, we need more research, uh, and that's crucial. Uh, research to uh, I mean to gather uh, real world evidence regarding these differences between men and women. Um, that's that's also uh, crucial. Um, so yeah, I think the two main points would be awareness globally and and research, and we also need to have more insights on uh, COPD in women in lower lower middle income countries uh, where we don't have that much data but these are really a huge part of the burden of COPD worldwide. Dr. Roche, do you have any clinical advice for treating a female COPD patient with comorbidities? 
No, I think yeah, I think it's it's an important point. Uh, we know that uh, COPD is characterized by these uh, respiratory manifestations, uh, dyspnea, exercise intolerance, uh, which lead to quality of life improvement through uh, daily activities which are impaired. Uh, that's uh, we we also know a lot of exacerbations and their impacts on health, uh, both uh, at uh, and from an individual and a collective perspective. Uh, but COPD uh, is also characterized by extra respiratory manifestation, which are comorbidities. And these comorbidities, there are several of them with, with many different links with uh, COPD itself, and it encompasses uh, cardiovascular diseases, uh, psychological disorders, which we have already mentioned, uh, osteopenia, osteoporosis, sarcopenia, uh, peripheral muscle dysfunction, uh, lung cancer, uh, so many, many of these. And uh, the presentation of women versus men in terms of comorbidities is also different. Uh, and this probably uh, has to do with hormonal differences, uh, with uh, differences in the uh, fat tissue distribution uh, in the body, because fat is also pro-inflammatory. Uh, and, and so when fat tissue is differentially distributed, you may have differences in inflammation and leading to differences in comorbidities. So it, it's a very wide uh, topic and which we know not a lot about. So I think this, um, the, the global manifestation of COPD uh, outside the, the, the lung itself uh, is a, a topic for research and needs to be considered much more, and that's true for more men and women, uh, but maybe also much more in women than in men. Uh, we need to explore this. Dr. Ross, thank you so much for your time. It's been a very enlightening discussion. I mean, you've, you've covered so many key points already, but I was, if there was one key point you would like to take, our, uh, you would like our listeners to take away from this podcast, just to finish off, what, what would it be? Well, I would say that uh, we have many studies uh, and many, including many recent studies, uh, showing, still showing, that there is an underdiagnosis and under consideration and a suboptimal management of COPD in women uh, as compared to men. I'm not saying that it's ideal in men. It's, it's also true in men, but even more in women. And we need to fight this. Uh, we need to improve the diagnosis and the management of, of COPD in women. And there, should be any, there shouldn't be any differences uh, in management. Uh, I mean, there should be any under-management uh, in women. There is no reason for that. Dr. Rush, thank you very much for your time today. Thanks to you. And that concludes today's discussion. Thank you so much to Dr. Nicholas Roche for joining us today and sharing his insights around gender differences in COPD care. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We release a new episode every Friday, as well as plenty of bonus episodes like this one. Until next time, take care and goodbye for now.